Are you a badass photographer looking to create a life that sets your soul on fire? If the answer is hell yes, you're in the right place. Welcome to the Camera Queens podcast, where we talk about showing up, making bank, and finding focus in who the F you are. I'm your host, Belle Vidigliani, here to break the rules, guide you on your rebellious journey toward a lit up life, and celebrate your successful photography business. Let's do this. Hey, hey, welcome to the Camera Queens podcast. Today I have a very special guest, Katie Kay. She is a photographer, business owner, absolute incredible creative, a speaker, educator, mentor, and all the things. Welcome to the Camera Queens podcast, Katie. Oh, thank you, Phil. It's so nice to be here. Thanks for having me. How exciting. Yay. So I'm super, super pumped to get into this conversation. So I'm just going to start by, can I just ask you to share a little bit about who you are and your story? Gosh, I feel like I've lived like 5,000 lives, so it's hard to know where to start. <laughs> I guess, um, yeah, I became a photographer about 15 years ago, 16 years ago when my first son was born. Um, so around the time he was born, I was kind of feeling into, do I really want to go back to nine to five life? Um, no, hands <laughs> are very strong, no. Um, and so I felt into other options and I had been kind of looking for that for a while, but hadn't found the right thing. And portrait photography just felt like this amazing portal into all the things I love in life, like recording memories, um, preserving mm. moments and, um, and being connected to the people that you love. Um, and I realized you can make a career out of it. So how cool is that? Like, <laughs> Had no so idea. Good. Yeah. And um and because I've always been quite a rebellious person and don't really like being told what to do, I was like, oh, this means I can be my own boss. Great. And yes. um and so I just never looked back from that moment. Um and I think it was about twelve months later after that decision, I quit my public service job and went full time. And then it's, oh gosh, it's been a roller coaster, I think, the 15 years of, um, of my life and, um, you know, involving just so many ups and downs. I think that's entrepreneurship, but it's also being a woman and a mother. Yeah. Um, and a lot of time spent, you know, on personal growth and, um, and exploring, you know, my own things, like what makes me tick and what do I really want out of life? Um, and then about, uh, Four years ago, I decided to um, stop playing small and step into a bit more of my own my own voice and my own power and um, start my personal brand, which means coaching and educating and um, helping other women um, step up and and do the same thing. You know, stop playing it small, follow their heart, figure out what their truth is, um, and just be braver and more courageous in life. So. I think that's what we all need really is um, oh, absolutely. How did you know that you were playing it small? Um, my intuition, like a, there was just a very, I feel like every woman has it, you know, um, I'm sure many men do too, but they just don't pay as much attention. Um, 
there's just always been a voice inside me that will say, and what else? What else is there? Or, um, you know, maybe you could do this differently or what would happen if you weren't so scared? You know, those, they're just, they're like little nudges. And I think when you hear them for long enough, I mean, it took me a while. It wasn't immediate. I think I got up on stage for the first time and spoke in um, 2015, actually in Perth, um, which is where I was born. Oh, Um, I didn't know this. Yeah. Oh, I love (laughs) Um, that. And so after that event, I was terrified. Like I literally nearly shat my pants before I went on stage (laughs) to speak. Mm -hmm. Um, And afterwards I had this strange feeling come over me like my voice is bigger than what I've been using and um, I have abilities and things to say and things to share and I need to I need to grow to do that I need to play it bigger and um Mm. but that was 2015 and I didn't I didn't step into that space for another four years after that so it definitely wasn't easy and it wasn't simple um it took a lot of time and more leaning into my discomfort over time in order to get stronger and braver I think to to do that it's I feel like nothing about personal growth is ever like it's never quick it's never a snap of the fingers you don't just wake up one morning and be like right I'm going to be this completely new version of me you have to do it slowly over time with little steps I'm just you just cut out for a second so I'm just gonna write that down five minutes okay can you hear me yeah. Yeah, you just cut out then, so I'm not sure. There was a tiny lag. There was a tiny lag. So are you able to repeat that last sort of paragraph? Or yeah, really? I think so. So I just think anything to do with personal growth, it's always a slow process and you can't just wake up one morning and be like, okay, I'm going to step into this whole new version of myself. It has to be these tiny little incremental steps that kind of lead you from one thing to another to another. And now when I look back on what I f- what feels like a very slow journey, I can see that it all just happened exactly the way that it was meant to. And that's very, you know, satisfying and um, reassuring. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like we have very similar sort of um, journeys And my turning point as well was around 2019 when I actually was like, okay, I've had enough of playing it small, playing it safe, really worrying about what other people people think of me and it's time like that I just, you know, kind of crack through and just do it. So, yeah, Yeah. that's really interesting that we've got a very similar um, timeline there. So, Katie, you've seamlessly integrated creativity into both your self-discovery practice and, like, your business mentoring. How do you see creativity as a catalyst for personal growth and business success, especially in the field of what we do, which is photography? Oh, I just feel like it's it's everything. So if I try and divide it, say, between business and then who you are as a person, it's, it's almost like it's almost even hard to do that because in the business space you have to be in your creative um, spirit a lot of the time because otherwise business becomes too masculine um, and it can feel really draining for a lot of people, not, not everyone, but for a lot of people it's like where's the, 
where's the where's the spark like where's the where's the curiosity where's the excitement you know where's the aliveness when everything's always just like you know a list of things to do uh, or a list of things to check off your to-do list um and a lot of times when it's driven by income and numbers you know how many bookings do I have in the calendar and then you go out to your shoot and you know your clients like want this particular thing and it might not be what you want um, or it might not make you feel 100% comfortable. And then that's where creativity comes in because you can be creative, obviously, on your shoots. You can be creative and that's one part of it. But you can also be creative in your marketing, how you show up on social media, your brand, how you speak, how you express yourself, how you talk to your clients. There are just so many different ways that we can do that. And 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 I think sometimes it gets forgotten because once we really go deep into business, it's like, right, I've got to learn how to like generate more leads and then I've got to learn how to like, you know, convert them and then make bigger sales and all this stuff. And it's obviously important, but if you leave out the other side, you become unbalanced as an entrepreneur. And I think for women particularly, it's so important to bring them back together. And then to think about it as in terms of ourselves, our own selves, I think um, creativity is undervalued in our whole world. You know, we love the commodity of it. You know, we love the best-selling novels and the Netflix, you know, top number one Netflix shows and, and, and all of that sort of stuff. And like Taylor Swift concerts, you know, they're like, they're everything, right? They're, they're, they're the result of our creativity in the world. But what we forget about is that creativity is actually just this beautiful energy that exists inside every single human. And the closer that we can get to it and the more we can express it, the more we find our own voices, the more we step up and have confidence and courage to try things in life, the braver we get, the clearer we get on what we want and what we love, um, and the more we just know ourselves. And that's a platform for business and entrepreneurship and projects and, you know, personal growth and all kinds of things can sort of stem from that. So, yeah, I just feel like it's 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 everything like it's like this mm-hmm. you know it can be overlooked so easily but it's it's not a good idea to overlook it oh a hundred percent I actually just did a live today in my community and I was talking about the masculine and feminine energies and I'm way more comfortable in my masculine which is you know, the to-do list and taking action and, you know, the logical and kind of really just like pumping out different offers and things like that. And then when I, and the coaching as well, I find that very masculine for me. Mm-hmm. And I really get excited by it. I love it. I like, oh, I like, I come away energized. And then I know when I'm out of whack because, you know, I might not have done a, a photo shoot for a while. And then I'm just like, oh, where's that intuition? Where's that flow? Where's that, Mm -hmm. like, you know, that beautiful creativity and that dropping in and just like allowing whatever, you know, to come out, come out. And I'm like, oh, I need the balance, you know, I need to do a photo, like I need to do a photo shoot right now. And I think that's what's beautiful about and also tricky with photographers because they do love that feminine aspects like of photography and playing and tapping into the inner child and being curious and, you know, trying multiple exposures and all of those things and just like that beautiful flow that can happen in a photo shoot. And then we also have the, okay, lead magnet, funnels, like website, admin, emails, like all of the things. And it's like, how do we 
make sure that we're balanced? Like, do you have any tips for people to find that balance so they can tap into their creativity, but also be able to run a business, you know, ethically and with integrity? Yeah, absolutely. This is, um, it's a lot of the work that I do with, with my clients, both in the creative space and in a business space, depending on, you know, what programs they're in, because it's, it's a really common problem, I think, you know, where you're like, how do I, and you know, if you know anything about energy, you know that the perfect balance is like somewhere in the middle, you know, that you have to be able to do both. So I guess what I would first say is that, um, it's really important to find ways to be creative in everyday life and mm. to acknowledge what they are so that you can soften into them and not dismiss them because it's really easy for us to dismiss the feminine. It's almost like because it's less defined, we can just skip it. You know, we can just go, oh, that's fine. I don't need to do that right now. I've got all this other stuff to do. Um, and even if we want to do that, we tend to lean into the things that are called, are calling us. So it's, um, it's creating space is the thing that I, um, I say is number one for me, particularly if I don't have space, I can't be creative. Um, and so creating space is like making sure your schedule isn't too full, making sure that there's room to just be, um, to not always have to be doing. And it's really hard because as we get busier, our schedules get more and more hectic. And then we've got family on top of that and they want for things and we want to sacrifice whatever we can to give them what they want. But the more that we can step into ourselves and recognize our own needs and the things that really give us life, you know, whether it's gardening or sewing or dancing or drawing or journaling, you know, we've all got different things and we're all unique. And if we can give ourselves some space to do those things or even just to just exist without having to fill the space, that opens up space in the heart, in the mind, in the body to feel more creative. Like it literally is as simple as just being bored. You know how kids do that thing where they're like, I'm bored. And you go, that's good. Maybe you'll think of something to do. And then the next thing they've like built a fort and, you know, they've like invented some whole new world. And you're like, see, that's what happens. That's what happens. Not that I'm suggesting that female photographers out there running businesses should be building forts. <laughs> But maybe they should maybe, maybe this is a new should. way <laughs> <laughs> build a fort yeah turn your house into a fort actually that'd be really great have dinner and in a cubby house one night yeah just for fun yeah I think it's just that space and we're also really good at filling space so if you have a pocket of space often you're on your phone you know or you're sitting in front of the tv watching your netflix show or you know, those pockets of space get so easily filled by meaningless things that aren't really adding a lot to our lives. Um, and so, yeah, I would challenge challenge anyone listening to just next time they have space to do something different, like go outside and see what you can smell or see what you can touch and, you know, just breathe in or feel some sun on your face. Um, lie on the back. Like the other day I was feeling stuck with something at the computer and um, I was just I was struggling to focus and I just got up spontaneously walked out the back and just lay down like spread eagled, you know, like a snow angel on the back on the lawn, shut my eyes. And I lay there for five minutes. I don't know what went on in my head, but that's that space. Like it was just, I just needed to change the scene. And when I came back to my, my desk, I just felt clearer and better. And so there's not only the opening of space, which, which opens up possibilities, but it's also really good for you to do that. Like it's healthy. It, it helps you feel weller it helps you feel more 
um, fulfilled and more content. So every time you lean into creativity, you're actually helping your whole mind and body to be better and healthier and happier. Yeah, 100%. I um, On Tuesday, I had like this massive list of things to do and by about lunchtime, I was done. I was literally on the couch and I had my lunch and I was like, I'm not getting up from this couch. And so I just didn't move. Like I literally binge watched Selling Sunset on Netflix. Love that show. <laughs> oh my gosh. I was just like, I, I watched all of it and I didn't go to bed till 11 o'clock at night. I had toast for dinner. Like my hubby's just like, are you going to eat dinner with us? I was like, no. And I just needed to stop and just do nothing. Mm-hmm. And it was, and then the next day I woke up I was energized. I was so productive Mm -hmm. because I had given myself that time. I'm not suggesting you replace beautiful sunshine and exercise with, you know, laying on the couch. But but for me, to yourself. Yes, exactly. That's exactly what I needed to fill my cup up. So Mm. then I could keep going. Yeah. And I think so often, I don't know about you, but I hear like a lot of photographers and mentees say things like, I'm overwhelmed. I'm now anxious. I'm getting close to burnout. Like I'm ready to give it all up. Like all of these things. And the first thing I say is reschedule something. Have a Mm -hmm. look at your calendar, cancel what needs to be like, what doesn't need to be done right now. Obviously, you know, if you've got a birth or a newborn shoot or something, they're time sensitive, but you know, is there something you can reschedule? Can you just take a break? Can you, you know, go get a facial or a massage, go to the beach, like go have a dance party with someone, like just change your state and slow down. And I think sometimes because we have seasons in photography, you know, a lot of summer is our, um, you know, go, go, go season. We forget that we need to schedule that downtime in because we'll come to like January and we're like, oh my gosh, I'm too overworked and I'm too overloaded. Um, So yeah, that's, have you so have you had that experience? Mm, yeah, it's been a really on, like a long ongoing story for me because I have a lot of stories that I've grown up with around hard work and the amount of time that you exchange for the money that you earn. And I've been really working on um, just rewriting those stories over the past few years. Um, and it's helped in so many ways. It's helped me personally, but it's helped me grow my business too because I can't fully step up and show other people what to do if I'm not embodying that myself, um, you know, what the, what it means to step back, what it means to give yourself more time, what it means to stop seeing, um, you know, revenue as a result of the hours that you work um, and to see it differently, um, that it's not just like an exchange. It's not an equal exchange of like if I work 50 hours a week, I'm going to be able to make this much money um, because burnout is – burnout is like a really bad thing. I've had burnout twice and I've had to each time like really reposition everything in my business. And so I would always say like you need to stop before you get to that point because it can be for some people almost irreversible. It can shift their whole nervous system, the way that it works. And it's like that phrase I always think about that phrase, um, if you don't make time for your wellness, you'll have to make time for your illness. Oh, wow. I've never heard of that. Oh, my gosh. And it's true. Like, it's really true. It can take (sighs) such a long time to come back from the brink. 
our nervous systems are so sensitive and they've already got all this stored information anyway. Like we've all got it from our childhoods, from our experiences as young people. It's all in there. And then when we put our bodies through this extra level of stress and pressure, especially when it's uncomfortable and we don't know what we're doing, then of course we're going to get overwhelmed, we're going to get stressed, we're going to you know, develop physical um, you know, symptoms in our bodies that we might not even realise are related to stress. And that's just going to keep building up and building up and building up until eventually we break. And that's that's mm. that's burnout. And it's like it's really hard to come back from that because it can send you into a state that's really foreign to you as well, you know, where you're like all of a sudden I can't cope with anything, like nothing at all because our window of tolerance have, has become so tiny, like so tiny that basically any little thing will send us, you know, over the edge. Um, yeah, it's, it's really hard. So I've, I've stepped through a number of different shifts over the years in terms of how much I work, how much I take on, how I divide up my time. And it's a really big thing that I work on with, with women too. Just that, even just the simple concept of like, it's up to you when you work, it's not Mm. up to your clients. It's not up to another photographer down the road who does that thing because every single person's life is different and every single person's capacity is different. Every single person's energy level is different. And so it has to be built around them. And yeah, I've, I've, I mean, I've come up with some, what I think are genius ideas over the, over the years that have helped me, but they don't necessarily suit everyone I work with. So we've got to find the things that do and, and kind of work out what feels right. And sometimes you don't know until you try it. You just don't, you don't know. And you really feel it when you try it, right? I just like, I literally am listening to you going, yes. Like you can see me nodding. I'm just like, oh, I love this. I'm like, you mentioned the window of tolerance. I'm like, "Ah." (laughs) I'm like, for those of you who don't know, we have a, or do you want to talk about this? Do you want to talk about the window of tolerance a little bit? Yeah. Oh, no, yeah, if you open up the doorbell, it'll be all about the nervous <laughs> system. So I have spent uh, the last three years privately studying with a um, a trauma therapist who um, she first to call herself a neuroscientist, um, but she used to she was trained in th- trauma therapy. And um, yeah, I've done three years of private study, so I've learned about the nervous system through my own lens, my own experience, and I use it. I use that knowledge in all of my programs because. The things that people, um, I feel like it's just this beautiful self-compassionate way of understanding you. So rather than saying, um, you know, oh my God, I'm, I'm, I'm the worst. I'm so bad at this thing. Like I can't do this thing. That's the way we often speak about ourselves. And when you understand your nervous system and maybe why some of those, um, issues are coming up, you can start to reframe it and actually say, like, I'm doing this because my system or my experiences are scared of that thing and my my system my nervous system is just trying to protect me from failure um Mm -hmm. and disaster basically that's all it's trying to do most of the time it's just that sometimes it doesn't really know whether there is going to be failure and disaster it just acts as though there is and it's up to us to figure it out and figure out whether there really is going to be failure and disaster or whether it's just a little bit of discomfort so the window of tolerance, um, if anyone's wondering, is just this beautiful way of seeing your own behaviours and your own responses to your environment sort of mapped out with this little, I, I see it as like a visual diagram in front of my face, like a window. And um, when you're inside your window, um, you know, things are going okay. Like there might be a few activations in there, a bit of low or a bit of high, but your your prefrontal cortex of your brain is working really well. You're not in full survival mode. 
you're not so you're not panicking you're not um, freaking out you're not exhausted you're just functioning quite well and then when you go outside the window which is this rectangular box I like to picture in front of my face that's when you go into survival mode so fight flight freeze collapse and it's also when your prefrontal cortex goes see you later (laughs) I can't deal with this so that means you have no um, ability to sort of rationalize how you're feeling um, or very little and um, and you just tend to either be in really high activation or really low activation Um, and it's different for everyone so some people have really big window of tolerances because of their experiences other people have small ones and even our own window of tolerances can shift over time because of stressors so if you have if you're going through a particularly stressful time your window of tolerance will naturally shrink over time especially if the stress continues and if you're going through a really great time and everything's wonderful, your window of tolerance will get wider and wider and wider until something crashes <laughs> into you and then it might, it might shrink again. But, um, yeah, it's a yes. really cool concept, hey? Oh, I really love it. So you see it as a window, which mm. obviously makes sense. In my mind's eye, I see it as a line. And mm-hmm. one side I have like um, just like a, I just have two lines going down yep. on either side and anything outside of that, anything outside on the left-hand side is my trauma response in the negative, like anything that's kind of uh, been a negative trauma that's kind of come up, that's my negative. And then yep. my, on the right-hand side is my positive negative trauma response. I know that sounds really strange, but my, when I have extreme moments this is bell story time here. When I go, when I experience extreme joy (laughs) or I'm so happy and it goes outside my window of tolerance on my right-hand side, I go into my trauma response. Yeah, right. And so that's why, and I could never understand it until I actually worked one-on-one with a, a trauma coach for three months. And he explained it to me that if you go outside either way, yep. whether it be from a, a joy, you know, trigger or a negative trigger, it's the same response in your body, which yep. for me is disassociation, numbness, like, you know, I just can't feel anything basically. Yep. Yep. Uh, brain shuts down, you know, I'm going to that freeze mode. Yep. And so, yeah, it was really interesting. So it happened around the birth of my children. It happens when I achieve something really exciting, like when I won Documentary Photography of the Year. Like I was just like, why am I so down? Why can't I get excited about this? Like um, uh, what else? After my first retreat, I was just like so down. And, it, mm-hmm. yeah, and when I, I like asked him about it, he was like, yeah, it was just because your nervous system can't cope with the amount of excitement and like yep. happiness. You don't you don't yet have the capacity to hold it. And so it goes it has to go somewhere. Yeah. yeah. And often results in a collapse. Yeah. It's um it's so so fascinating. The other thing that I think a lot of people don't understand about survival responses like fight, 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 flight, freeze, um, and collapse are that you can also have very integrated responses too. So, you know, as a business owner, we're often in fight but we're just in fight in a non, um, you're not necessarily like living in survival mode, but in order to actually lean into something and solve a problem or get shit done, um, which obviously you, you do a lot, we're in fight. And fight just basically means that 
our, you know, our brain is still working in all its capacity. We're probably very much inside our window, but we're just like, we're just trying really hard to get something done. And if we didn't have that in our system, we wouldn't be able to do anything. We wouldn't be able to make good decisions. We wouldn't be able to pull back when something's too much. So those survival responses that we always talk about in the negative, they're actually really great too. They actually get our life, have our lives, um, you know, functioning in the way that we want and help us get shit done. So, yeah. Oh, I love this. I love this. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> so, like, Katie, with you, your journey includes overcoming challenges, like you explained, with burnout twice and other major life changes. How do these experiences inform your mentoring approach, especially when guiding photographers through their own challenges and uncertainties? I mean, it's just being a really empathic human, I think. I just, I get it. Like, I, you know, I understand what it's like to, you know, have a marriage breakdown and then my income's not enough to support me and my child. Like that's one of the hardest things I've ever been through. So I understand how hard that is. So there's very little that anyone can say to me that I don't understand as a human. And I want to take those things into account to actually help people create lives that, you know, are going to not just be survival, that they're going to be thriving in and they're going to be proud of, and they're going to be able to look back later and go, oh my God, I did that. Like I built that. I made that because we are capable of so much more than we give ourselves credit for. Mm. Just women. We're amazing. Like we are amazing. Um, we're so much better than men. Sorry, men. <laughs> men listening. Like just women. We're just phenomenal. And I just, so when, when, when I'm using, I'm using my own experiences, I'm using the stories I've heard from other other people that I've worked with and all the stories I've gathered over my life, you know, where you hear about people overcoming adversity and it's never easy. It's never simple, Mm. but it's so much about being heard, being seen, being supported and being told that it doesn't have to mean the thing that you think that it means. Like we can create the own meaning. We're our own meaning in our lives. We are meaning makers. Like that's what we do as humans. That's the power of our imaginations. And often when shitty things happen to people. Um, and I know this because I've done it myself hundreds of times. We make it mean something really bad and really negative and it's really hard to pull ourselves out of that. So when it comes to being supported, you know, I just want women to feel held and seen and understood and then to create pathways that suit their unique circumstances. Mm. And I can only really do that through the lens of my own lived experience and the care, you know, that I have, like, I just want everyone to succeed and be happy and be themselves. So I think that answered the question. (laughs) Yes, so good. So your upcoming Spark Retreat, which is going to be in the southwest of Western Australia early next year, I'm so pumped about this. (laughs) Um, It's really looking at creativity, self-discovery and just rejuvenation, especially for creatives and business and non-binary humans. Uh, you don't have to be a photographer to attend. Can you talk to me about the itinerary and what people who are coming uh, can be in for? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I'm so excited about this. I just want it to already be May next year so we can just be there doing it. Um, 
So it's, it's, it's a perfect combination of the things that you just described. It's for people who want more joy in their life, more connection in their life, want to be taken care of. I mean, you might not even think you want to be taken care of, but you might need to be taken care of, you know, because you might have spent a lot of time taking care of other people, which as women we do all the time. We take care of our clients, our families, our partners, our besties. And it's just a beautiful, um, a beautiful thing to surrender to an experience and especially an experience that is going to be so nourishing. So um, I've created it with that in mind because women need that. They need to be seen and held and taken care of. And the combination of self-discovery and creativity, from probably you've gathered from what I've already said, like it's interconnected. They're almost like you can't have one without the other. So together they, they form this beautiful partnership um, because the more you connect with yourself, the more you can connect with your creativity and vice versa. So including lots of really beautiful, nourishing sessions on self-discovery, which goes into the nervous system, your own nervous system, um, and a beautiful um, body of work that I've been studying for a long time called Self and Parts Work, which is just so nourishing and self-compassionate and a way to see your own lived experiences and stories um, with love and respect as opposed to, you know, everything being really hard. And, um, and then we also have um, the physiology of breath, and a lot of wellness um, activities like the sauna and ice, ice bath that they have there, nature time, you know, yoga, things that people feel nourished doing. Um, and also I am currently c- completing my um, teacher's training in a form of movement meditation called Kindred, which is the most funnest, joyful, beautiful. It's not meditation like you don't sit on the floor and like try and you know, let your thoughts disappear. It's actually moving your body in a way that feels really nourishing and expressive for you. Um, and it's a really beautiful way to enhance your own feelings, to channel ideas, to use your imagination, um, and to just kind of let things flow. Every woman loves moving their body. It's just whether or not we actually do it that much in our real life. So that's incorporated as well. And then we have these amazing, joyful art making workshops. Um, where you just get to express yourself, make a mess, you know, feel the the magic of play um, in creativity uh, that I think, you know, we don't give ourselves permission to do that in our real lives. Like we'll give our kids a paintbrush and paint and be like, you know, off your pop. But like we can do that too. You know, we can get a big piece of paper or a canvas and splash paint around and it feels amazing to do that. And then combining that too with um, activities that make you feel nourished, like you know, yourself, girl, taking photos of everybody, like everyone's going to have this amazing mini patient identity shoot, which is going to make them feel like, you know, an amazing human, but also to be able to look back at those photographs at the end of a retreat that feels like that and always be able to have an anchor to hold on to that this is when I feel like I'm my best self. This is when I feel nourished. This is when I feel seen. This is when I feel held. That is going to be on your face. Like, have you ever been to a retreat and come out the other end and looked at yourself in the mirror and thought you looked different? Oh, is that- it's it's just going to retreats is just something that you can't explain. And I know for me personally, before I did it, I just looked at the money and I was like, oh, that feels so much money. And can I really spend that on myself when, you know, you've got a family or you've got other expenses, you've got a mortgage or the rent or all the things and then you don't realize how much you need it 
Mm-hmm. And then how much it trans, by you transforming and filling up your own cup, that ripple effect goes out to all of your family, all of mm-hmm. your friends, your business, like you become more magnetic, you get more inquiries, yeah. you get more money. Like it's, it's just profound. It's so, it really true. is. Yep. Mm. And I have this idea of taking a photo of every single person when they walk in, you know, like a before <gasps> and after because yes. it's evidence. It's evidence of like, of the shift, you can see it in your eyes, you can see it in your skin, you can see it in your facial expression when you have had an experience that's transformative. It's it's there. And then you go back to your normal life and then, you know, I remember coming back from one time, one thing, and my, my youngest had gastro and I literally walked into like vomit house and I was like, <laughs> it just everything just crashed down around me and I was like, I just want to, I'm just trying to hold on to the goodness but like, oh, <laughs> Right. And, um, oh my and so gosh. It's and it's like the different hats that we wear like and we go back into that mum mode or, yeah, you know, partner mode. mode. Yep. All the yep. things. And yep. then we go, what retreat? Oh, yeah. Like- yeah. And then someone asks you about it and you're like, oh, yeah. Feels like a lifetime ago. So I've experienced this so many times and I'm like, how do you create an, you have to create an anchor. It has to be an anchor. And so that's what I'm going to do because coming home, you have a thing that you can refer to, you can look at. I've got a couple of ideas in mind as to how I'm going to do this to help people hold on to it and to process it. And I do this in all my containers as well. When a container finishes, you know, when, especially when it's intimate and long-term, you know, people have this feeling of emptiness. Like, what do I do now? How am I going to live without you? And this, you know, but there is a way it's each thing that you do, whether it's a retreat or a program, it's a stepping stone into a better version of you, into a happier version of you, into a more creative version of you, into a braver version of you. And we just need like, we need to do it. We need to keep doing it as often as we can, but we also need evidence that it's working so that mm-hmm. in the mucky times and the sticky times when everything feels really hard, cause it's going to keep happening, we can go, Oh yeah, I learned that thing. And I'm going to try it now. I'm going to try it now and see if it makes this experience feel different. And that's how change happens. It's yeah. just that exposure as much as possible and remembrance of the things that worked and the possibilities that we might have to do things differently. It's not easy, but oh gosh, like it's, it's so, so important. worth it, isn't it? Mm. Oh, well, I'm excited. I'm coming to take <laughs> photos. We've got the gorgeous Rachel calendar as well. We've got so many other amazing creatives coming down. Um, and yes. I just think it's going to be so nourishing not to have to think about, you know, feeding other small humans or doing the housework or doing all of those things that we have to do on a daily basis. Um, and I will make sure that we add the link in the show notes as well. And so what, what is next? Is this, is this it? Spark is the main thing or what else is on the agenda for you for next year? Gosh, I have a lot of things on the agenda actually. Um, yeah, we're, my husband and I um, obviously own our photography business together and we're actually doing also a business workshop in um, a business and photography workshop in Canberra in March. So we've got that as well. So that's that's quite a big one. But also next year I'm just going to lean more deeply into my work in my brand. Um, I run a, an intimate container called Project Self, which is a seven-month program for a small group of women and we get together once a fortnight on zoom and we work through blocks and challenges and there's just this beautiful process of opening up your heart to new creative practice and getting to know yourself on a deeper level which results in a lot of shifts around things like 
um, perfectionism and procrastination and self-sabotage and those things that really get in our way as humans and um, and that's for everyone not just for business owners it's really about um, just tapping in tapping into yourself and being supported because I just believe that change is I've said it before it's slow and so we need to allow ourselves to step into them as many spaces as possible with people and surrounded by other like-minded people that can support the change for as long a period as we can as we can manage um, and so, yeah, in my in my business, I want to provide multiple opportunities for people to mm. tap into that stuff, and even little things like masterclasses and you know short short things. Like I always make sure that I I'm not just showing people how to do something, but I'm also showing them why, and giving them the underneath reasons. You know that um, it's not just about like say for example, I'm doing a masterclass soon. I think by the time this podcast comes out, it will be been and gone. But it's all about um, scheduling and planning. But the real reason underneath why you're doing that is so that you can step into your own power and sort of reclaim your life. So it's not, it's not always about those surface level things. It's actually about what's underneath. And I really believe that business owners a lot of times spend a little bit too much time thinking about their business and need to spend the same amount of time thinking about themselves and working mm-hmm. out what they need in order to flourish. Um, and that's that's the impact that I want to have on the world is to just help that help that help those steps help them take those steps forwards. So yeah, there's always stuff, Belle. I'm just you know, there's so many things that I want to do. I have to slow down sometimes and just remember that I'm only one person. I can't do it all at once. <laughs> and it'll happen. It'll happen. And mm. you're already doing it. So and yeah. I also think sometimes we don't have to impact thousands of people Mm. personally, that one person that we mentor can then go on and impact 10 people. And then the other person that we mentor goes on and, you know, helps 100 people. And so we're helping thousands of people without doing, you know, the the work of like impacting thousands of people, if that even makes sense. It is in my brain, but yeah, I don't know if it translates. Um, But I'm just so, so excited for next year and, for us to collab it's so cool yes, thank you so amazing. much for this conversation oh, thank, you. thank you for having me it felt like we were just you know having a chit chat over coffee like <laughs> we could keep going for another three hours bill i know i know <laughs> um so where is the best place for people to hunt you down instagram i'm at the kdk way um yeah i love connecting with people on there but i also have an email list and um i'd love to get any interested people onto that as well because you know email instagram you can reach a lot more people with email these days so the chances are you'll actually get my emails whereas on instagram at the moment it's like 1.6 percent of your followers sees your posts so Mm -hmm. this is something to bear in mind (laughs) but i do spend a lot of time on there and i do like to um to connect with people and and DM on Instagram. Um, and, Perfect. Um, well, we'll yeah. put all the links of Beautiful. like all the things coming up for you in the show notes so people can, um, yeah, get a hold and have a look at the amazing Spark Retreat. Oh, so exciting. Amazing. Can't wait. Right. Thank you, Katie. Thank you, Bill. Hey, Camera Queen. Thanks for tuning in. I hope this episode got you lit. Let's keep the fire burning, jump online and share your ideas with the Instaverse. Don't forget to tag me at Belvediglione in your posts and stories so we can continue the conversation. Until next time.